This is Tracy. And this is Steven. And this is Just the Two of Us Podcast. Hey everybody, so we're going to be talking about um, some shows that we've been watching that we considered kind of a miss once we started watching them and yeah, they just never got better. Yeah, I mean, essentially, we're just going to talk about shows that when they started off, they had such great potential. It's like, ooh, this is a cool show. Mm-hmm. Or this is a cool premise. Sounds cool, right? Yeah, and then at some point, they just lost their way, and now it's like, blah. Blah. Yeah. So we had to stop watching them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Because there's nothing worse than, like, being hyped for a show and excited for a show, and then, like, you know, watch the first few episodes and get really into it, and then realize oh man it's just like went downhill and like oh my goodness and and, yeah and you know how i am like i'm a completist like once i start watching the show i feel obligated to keep watching it so no matter (laughs) how bad it gets i keep watching i mean there's shows like that where they're really bad i'm like Mm -hmm. why am i watching this but i keep doing it because i I feel as though (laughs) like i have to know what the story is no matter how bad it is yeah you're dedicated me i'm kind of like whatever but you're getting better i know i cut off under the dome Oh my god, that was. A, I'm sorry if you like that show. That show <laughs> was, was a, trash. It was the worst show. That show so was frustrating. Basura. It was horrible. It was yeah, it was terrible. Um, but anyway, we have a couple shows that we picked out that um, we want to discuss today, um, and we're going to start off. Oh, I got my little notes here. We're going to start off with Extent. This is the show with Halle Berry. Halle's Berries. Or Halle's Berries, as you like to refer to it. Um, So, yeah, Extent started off really uh, good with its premise. Um, Basically, in a nutshell, Halle Berry is an astronaut. Her name is Molly. She went out to space to do some experiments for 13 months. And Halle comes back pregnant. Dun-dun-dun-dun. So, yeah, that was kind of just the basic thing of the show, the basic kind of premise of the show. And so, you know, from there, it it just kind of was like, all right, how is this going to play out? You know, she's pregnant. Yeah, I like. I mean, by the, by who? Because <laughs> she was there alone. Well, if you watched some of the promos for the show before the first season premiered, it was really intriguing. Where you know that was the tagline. You know, she mm. goes out into space for a thirteen month mission. She comes back pregnant, and as you know from I don't know maybe like your seventh grade like <laughs> like health <laughs> class that you know it takes about nine months for a baby to you know be conceived and, and gestate. So. That was like, wow, what is she doing in space? Like, she was by herself. How did she get pregnant? And essentially, the show went along with the, the premise that, you know, you know, she she was impregnated by some alien spores, and she came back, and she was going to give birth to some alien-human hybrid baby. <laughs> and then there was also the subplot with her robot son and her mm-hmm. husband. And, you know, they tried to, to, to marry all these different threads of these different things into the first season that didn't quite fit. I mean, I feel like it was right. a great premise for a for a movie, but then when they try to stretch it out into a thirteen episode series, the writers fell short as they didn't they didn't feel like they didn't know what they were doing. I mean, the alien mm-hmm. hybrid was like you know had like psychic powers can control okay. people's brains. Before you go any further, yeah. <laughs> let's let's talk about the things that went wrong with show. Okay. Because you, you, you jumped right. See, yeah, that's, this is how frustrating this show was. 
we jumped right into like, oh my God, there's so much going on. But I'm trying to explain to I people know. like the plot. The I know. Who didn't, you I know. know watch it. I understand. So we were. I, I wanted to kind of be a little bit more organized. All right. So we didn't jump too no, far right. in and get caught. So like one of the things that happened um, with the show that didn't go um, very well was was the whole idea of the impregnation. <laughs> if that's a word, that's not a word. But her right. being pregnant and it was kind of like okay, they tried to discover like, well, how did you get pregnant? Because one of the things that you learn when she gets back is that she and her husband have been having a hard time trying to get pregnant right. and then you learn later that they uh have a son a robot son <laughs> so there's that but first and foremost the doctors at you know nasa wherever <laughs> she um you know they're trying to figure out why she was or how she even got pregnant and you know so that was kind of weird um because there was a lot of secrecy about it like people were finding out about you know, that she was holding on to something and they didn't know why she was... Because she started acting weird, right? I think the the baby was, like, making her act kind of weird and right. stuff, and right? She, yeah. Having hallucinations. So they were trying to figure out, you know, what was going on. And somehow some of the higher-ups knew what was going on, but it wasn't, like... You know, it was just, like, very lost. I don't know. That's just, that was one of my issues with it. It was just the whole idea of her getting pregnant. It was, like... Some people figured it out or whoever was like her higher up, her bosses, they they knew something that some sort of secret, like, I don't know, like mission or something was going on, but they yeah. couldn't tell her and they couldn't tell uh, Candace, uh, what was it? Not Candace, Cameron, Cameron Mannheim, who was the doctor, like she didn't know what was going on. So it was kind of like, all right, I, I just didn't agree with how that all got handled. I don't know yeah. how you felt about that. I mean, I don't know. I don't know. It was just such a... It it's such, hard to even explain. It, yeah, it's hard to explain. <laughs> People sitting at home listening is like, what are they talking about? Because it was, it's, it was such a mess. That whole plot and that thread, it, it, was, it was really a mess. I mean, it was very convoluted and unwieldy, and it really didn't... It, it it wasn't a a straight concise narrative or plot right. that they were trying to put forth, so it's kind of difficult to follow. It's even more difficult to explain. Like I, I can only imagine like what the pitch was when they pitched this show to CBS. I mean, I guess mm-hmm. they they started off with the pitch of she goes to space for thirteen months, a solo mission. She comes right. back pregnant. I'm like, cool. I'm intrigued. And then after that, how did they explain the rest of it? Because the rest of it right. was it's, really confusing. It was very, uh, what's the word, like convoluted? Yeah, convoluted. Yeah, it was just all over the place. And so I apologize if I'm not explaining it well, but it wasn't explained well on the show, which was, you know, just unfortunate. So you've got episodes after episodes of trying to figure out, like, you know, how she got pregnant and and all of these things. People, Some people knew they didn't want to tell her. So she's on a mission to find out, like, what happened? I mean, she eventually kind of discovers that, okay, you know, NASA or whatever the company was, because it wasn't NASA, it was something. They have some space organization. Private, like a private organization. Um, but yeah, like they, you know, were keeping this all under wraps. So she, her whole kind of mission after she got back was to figure out how she even got pregnant. So that was kind of, you know, it, like I said, just going through the motions of it was, it was tiresome and it was confusing and it was kind of like, okay, where are we going with this show? And then the other things that happened. So, um, as I mentioned, she had a robot son. Her husband, 
uh, decided to come up with his robot son. He was, and that was one thing I was thinking about. Like, what was his job? Because he worked for her company. No, they right? didn't, didn't work for the same company. She, oh, he did work for a different company. Like, yeah, I mean, that's what I thought he worked for her company. Well, well, no, I mean, the they were like contractors with the government. So, okay, so it was kind of like so, they worked right. Like on the, some the job government, that. like you know, hired this cybernetic company that made the, like the the, the androids Android, and robots. Right. And he worked for that company. She worked for like in in this you know basically for like the equivalent of NASA in right. the future, where it was like some space agency that she worked for under the auspices of the of the government. So. Right. Okay. But anyway, so you know he was kind of like a genius, and so he you know created all these things, but he created a robot son for him for them, and uh, the robot was they called it a humanix because. This robot basically was able to like have feelings and like be very very human, mm-hmm. and so there were just moments with the sun that you know came out through a, <laughs> through. A, you're looking at me very crazy right now because <laughs> that's how the robot boy, like the robot boy, was very creepy. Creepy. He was a little. In a case you, if you know, if you watch the movie Looper with uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt and uh, Bruce Willis. He played the little boy in the movie, and he's he's a good actor because he plays that little creepy, little <laughs> weird, you know, odd little boy role very well. Maybe he's actually a robot. He could actually be a robot because <laughs> he he was very robotic. Yeah, maybe <laughs> someone made good. a robot to be in these movies because then you don't have to pay him. You don't have to worry about those whole child <laughs> child Hollywood laws that require them working less than 10 hours a day and having a tutor on set. If you just have a robot boy, you can, don't have to worry about any of that. So it's possibly, the, it's possible a robot was actually a robot. But anyway, the robot son was very creepy and, you know, you I don't know, you kind of thought like something was going to happen to Hallie. Yeah, it was just weird because the boy was so creepy but um there were moments where they did try to throw you off and make you think the little boy was going to do something to her remember in the park like yeah yeah because they made it look like it was going to be one of those like irobot situations right like like, he was about to take over right he was like gonna go crazy (laughs) and then just like start killing people like terminator style yeah you know, it was like really scary. yeah, but it, that didn't happen. But nothing though. happened. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was all for yeah, it was just all to throw you off. So yeah, and that whole relationship ship too was kind of like, um, you know, she was trying to like repair what you know she felt was damaged by her being gone for thirteen months, and I think at some point, did he, the little robot boy, did he hear that she? Um, like didn't really feel like he was a real he boy. was a real boy like her son yeah and I think that that and then that affected him because see he's like a humanic he's not just any old robot he has feelings and you know he he knows what love is and all these things supposedly so yeah I think he overheard her say something to her husband you know they were in an argument they argued a lot and so I think she may have made some comment also so that caused him to kind of act kind of weird towards her so there's a lot of time spent trying to like repair this relationship. Um, going further, you know, like I said, there were some, uh, a lot of arguments with her and her husband and that whole dynamic too, uh, just really threw off the show it was very forced. It wasn't really genuine. I mean, so basically you're saying there was no chemistry between Halle Berry and Gorham Vizgen. Yeah. The two actors, it was, it was hard. I mean, I don't know. 
I mean, clearly it was because the next season they killed him off. I think they killed him <laughs> off because I mean they were just they just realized they needed to do a complete reboot of the show. I mean, right. Because the show, you know, I don't know if you want to keep going into like what happened with the rest of the season sure, one. We can just keep. Yeah. But I mean, it it got to the point where like the alien was. You know, she gave birth to this alien hybrid that was threatened by the government. So mm-hmm. it decided it's going to try to kill everyone. So it went to like the the base, the science, you know, base, and was like taking over the computers in the world. And then like the little robot boy saved the day mm-hmm. and stopped the aliens from taking over. Mm-hmm. And I mean, because the first season was such a mess with things going everywhere, in the second season, I guess they decided to sharpen. And tighten up the narrative a little bit more. So they kind of did like a little, I don't want to say a hard reboot, but a little bit of a soft reboot where most of the elements of the first season were reset. So they killed off, you know, Halle Berry's husband. Uh, Cameron Mannheim's character disappeared completely. Yeah, they didn't even explain. Right. And and the focus of the show kind of shifted to like the production of these humanic soldiers, also with the intention of having the. I guess having the the soldier, the humanic soldiers protect Earth against the the alien invaders. Because I guess the alien uh, hybrid that that Hattie Berry gave birth to was going around, you know, creating more hybrids by impregnating you know human women all mm-hmm. over the world. So it's kind of like they try to you know tighten up the narrative a little bit more, make it more of a of a direct conflict. And in that sense, they were somewhat successful in that. I, yeah. I think it was. It was a little bit more interesting, and things were a little bit more focused and and made more sense. I mean, it still wasn't a good show, but it, it definitely improved upon the first season because it felt like they, at during the second season when they broke the story, they knew where they were going with the story mm-hmm. this time, as opposed with the first season, they sounded like they just had a premise and they were just winging it for like, yeah. you know, winging it for the next 11 hours <laughs> after the first two hours of the show. Yeah, basically. So the second season did get better but um yeah if the second season had been the first season it would have been i think a better a, a more popular show I think, yeah um because it just had more direction um the second season but they ended the season um it did not get picked up for a third season so it is canceled um which is fine because they ended the second season very well they wrapped it all up it's kind of like in the end like the you know alien half breeds um, kind of came together and I believe half breeds is like a technological slur. Like I don't think you could call aliens like well half alien half humans. Yeah, but that's, that sounds a little racist though. I mean, half- a little racist towards aliens. I'm just saying. If you say so. I mean, someone's got to speak for them. They don't have a representative here. Like all alien lives matter. <laughs> pretty much. Tracy. So now you, I think you're making fun of something. I'm not, I'm not making fun of anything. I'm just saying. You just can't be disrespecting aliens out there. That's all I'm saying, man. Call them half-breeds. You well, know. half-bred alien, half-bred humans. Okay. Well, in any, <laughs> any event, <laughs> I'll, let, I'll let you continue digging your hole. I'm not a racist. Your hole of alien I have... racism. Friends of all. You don't have any alien friends, do you? <laughs> do how, many, how, many, how many alien friends do you have in your circle? That's what I'm saying. That's the telltale sign of a race. My best friend is an alien. <laughs> <laughs> really? No. No, see, I don't think so. <laughs> anyway, yeah, they wrapped the show up pretty nicely at the end, and um, which was good because I don't think I could have seen another season out of this show. Um, yeah, because it was just kind of like, yeah, the way it ended, it was just nice and tight. So, yeah. That was a show that had great potential. Could have been really cool. And I think, like you said before, 
it could have been a movie instead of a like a it yeah. should have been like a mini series drama or something like that you know rather than like yeah 13 right yeah episodes. i mean it, yeah it should have been like either a 2 hour theatrical film mm-hmm. or maybe like a 6 hour television mini series mm-hmm. and you know unfortunately they tried to make it a 13 episode episode show then they try to make it another 13 episode show yeah, and like, yeah well, I mean the execution just wasn't good dragged it out far too long so that's excellent let's move on to another show what do you want to talk about next sir let's talk about Blacklist okay why don't you you can give a little synopsis I guess you like doing that okay well in a nutshell the Blacklist is basically James Spader going ham <laughs> basically and that, and, that, and that works on two two levels he's going ham and he's giving a hammy performance but I mean it's essentially <laughs> he plays the number one I guess he's the number one wanted person on FBI's sure. most wanted list wasn't he like under Osama Bin Laden <laughs> didn't they it, show a poster or something like all the people on list and he was like number two right something like something, that you know, like he was do. like the number one target of the FBI because <laughs> he's an international terrorist mind you know well, mastermind mastermind yeah. right who you know as you know brokered arms deals and kill people and assassinations right and and the premise of the show is he turns himself in inexplicably you know in the first episode to the fbi and then in turning himself in he tells them that you know he's he will only speak to one person and that's this fbi agent elizabeth Keene, and he you know tells them that he has this list the blacklist of like all the other people that's most wanted by the FBI, and he would help them capture them, um, but he would only talk to Elizabeth Keene. So, I mean, the premise of the show was each episode, there was a new person on the blacklist that they would go after and capture, you know, based on information provided by James Spader's character, Red Reddington. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the first season of the show, I admit, was, was very entertaining. I mean, James Spader was excellent he was you know he was a firecracker of of wit and energy and he really you know brought some levity to the show and some excitement and you know how he portrayed red reddington and Mm -hmm. you know that's what happens when you have a a good actor who you know sees an opportunity to have fun and chew through scenery and that's what he did for like the first whatever 22 episodes of that show last season despite the fact there's a lot of weaknesses and you know, the the female lead, Elizabeth Keene, played by what's her face? Whatever her name is. <laughs> I don't know her name. I can't remember her name Megan, like me. Yeah, well, anyway, Megan. I don't know. No. Megan. I don't know what her name is. <laughs> well, anyway, she's a bad actress and she had a bad wig on for the show and it was a bad, terrible character. And essentially the show, you know, the 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 A plots of every episode was the you know, the blacklist and who was the next criminal they were going to capture. But then every episode also had a B-plot in which, you know, some other grand mythology or, or conspiracy was slowly exposed. Mm-hmm. Part of it was, you know, who was re- who was really Red Reddington, you know, who was he to Elizabeth? Was that her, was he her father? Um, mm-hmm. You know, what's up with her, her husband? Is he a spy? Who does he work for? Does he work for Red, you know? Mm-hmm. You know, he, has, he's got a secret double life that he's been lying to her about. Mm-hmm. And, and it's all these things where it was just too much going on. Right. And, but I mean, I, 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 I tolerated it for the first season. Because, like I said, Red Reddington as a character was really good. Mm -hmm. And then the second season, we started watching it. And, 
you know, the second season, I really honestly checked out like after episode four, maybe four or five last season, because it just got to be too much. It was too complicated. Like I'm not someone who gets confused easily. Like I have no problem following plots of television shows and movies, usually no matter how complicated they are or convoluted. Mm -hmm. But for the blacklist, it really became difficult to follow Mm -hmm. what was going on. What was red doing? Like what, why was he talking to that guy? Why did he have that guy killed or this, that, and Mm -hmm. the other? And I'm like, you know what? I I just can't. Cause this is just too difficult to follow. And, Mm -hmm. And then, then it helped that like, you know, Elizabeth Keene's character was like, she was essentially the worst FBI agent ever. <laughs> right. Like, in the, in the land of, like, bad FBI agents, when we're talking about, like, you know, what was my, like, my man, like, Ryan, what was Ryan's name? Ryan Hardy on The oh. Following. The <laughs> Following, oh my God. And, like, all these other shows with these, like, terrible FBI agents. Like, she was the worst. She took the cake of being the worst FBI agent. Like, why is it with these shows whenever, like, there's the you know team of like FBI agents and they're going after a criminal. It's, it was always her and her partner, her partner. whatever his name was. Let's just call him Mike. Yeah, let's call him Mike because that was his name when he had the actor's name on Homeland. Why was whenever they were chasing after a suspect, it always ended up just being those two people like running through an yeah, abandoned I warehouse. Yeah, I that. They never have backup. It's like, okay, what's going on? They they ne- they always go to a place and it's just those two. Like they have like the police and the FBI the, the entire disposal, but then it's always just the two of them in some abandoned warehouse mm-hmm. under construction, running <laughs> right. running after a dude. Right. And it's like, yo, man, why is it why is it always just left up to you two? And that's how I was on the following. It was like oh, yeah, the same sure. thing with like Ryan. Ryan was always by himself chasing well, he took after it upon somebody. himself to go after people by because he was going after Joe. Right. So he he was like, and then every you know. episode he came up short. Right. And every epi- and every other episode, someone that he knew got killed right. <laughs> because of it. Yeah, that's the show we could talk about too. But yeah, anyway, yeah, with the blacklist, I mean, everything that you said exactly. The most annoying parts of this show was just you know the teasing of like who is Red to Elizabeth? Is this her father? And just all this teasing, teasing. In the end. What happened? Was he was not her father, right? Did we even figure? Did they even come out with that? I mean, we stopped watching, but well, they there... s- they said he wasn't, but then I think they still left it open that maybe he was. Yeah, so that's <laughs> like, just dumb. Just right. leave that alone. Yeah. And then yeah, her FBI skills those were like very, you know, the whole FBI was just like a mess. I mean, it was just like, was... what are you guys here for? I mean. Right, and not to mention they killed my girl Parminda Nagra off. Like, yo, what part of the game was that? Like, I mean, she didn't have a very big part on there anyway, but but she was like her her part was like number three to everyone else's. (laughs) I mean, after you go through like the first three people, you know, Red, Lizzie, and her partner. Then there's like Parminda Nagra, and like Harry Lennox, and then like they killed her off for like no like apparent reason. And I'm like, yo, man, like she was like pretty much you know the other the person of color of any substance on that show besides Harry Lennox, and you kill her off. Maybe it's like you said she probably wanted off the show. Maybe she she did. Yeah, she's like, I ain't get out of here, man. This show (laughs) is nothing but some bull, you know. (laughs) Yeah. So anyway, yeah, Blacklist had you know. It was good because of James Spader's character. I mean, he just brought so much of the drama and then, you know, hilarious, you know, one-liners and just, he was just good. I mean, it's like, I wish they just made the show with just him. And I know there are people still watching. I mean, people are still into it. So, I mean, yeah, it's still I don't know. It. I mean, it's getting like around eight, nine million mm-hmm. viewers. That's surprising. I mean, like, I mean, maybe they 
was fleshed out some things that were well so they i mean it's it's kind of counter programming against scandal because not even moved to thursdays at nine and it goes up against scandal and it goes up against thursday night football on cbs Mm. and i think it's probably a decent counter programming for people who don't want to watch the ridiculousness of scandal they'll watch the ridiculousness of blacklist (laughs) and you know and most of the football games tend to like be crappy on Thursday. They're usually terrible football games because mm-hmm. the players are playing on like three eight, three days rest, so they're never good quality matchups. So it's like it's, it's probably a good spot for people. They're like, you mm-hmm. know what? I'm not into this football game. You know, scandal is some bull. So I'm just gonna watch. <laughs> I'm gonna watch uh, Blacklist. So I yeah. mean, that's that's what it is. But I tell you what, if it didn't have James Spader, I don't think people would be watching it at all. No, I can't see watching that show without him on there because everybody else is. Yeah, I don't know. Just. There's nobody else very likable on that show that you could root for, that you yeah, could get behind, that yeah. you're like, yeah, he's awesome, she's awesome. Like, yeah, there's nobody else besides him. And then now, apparently this season, like, like Lizzie is on the run with him now. Like, now the FBI is hunting her down. Because she's, like, with James Spader now. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, this is just so I'm stupid. Like, I'm watching. <laughs> it, I mean, and that's a show it had potential from the premise. It's like, and you see, and those are the types of things that, that, that networks look for and look for shows. Is like, you know, is it repeatable in the sense of, can, you know, can we, can we do this show over and over and over and over again and get enough episodes to, mm-hmm. you know, get into syndication things like that? And the concept of, okay. Each week he gives them a list of a new crazy mastermind mm-hmm. terrorist that they have to capture. Right. That's repeatable. That's something you can go, you can just keep going for years and years and years. Right. So, I mean, it was, a, it was an interesting premise and, and setup. And James Spader is really good. But then, like, the fact that, like, the writers just went all over the place with the plot just mm-hmm. made it like, you know what? I don't really want to waste my time watching this because I don't understand what's going on. And, and as good as James Spader is, he's not enough. I mean, maybe if if the female lead was a better actress and a better written character, yeah, and maybe better. Like if it was someone of a you know of the same stature of of James Spader, yeah, really acting wise, like could really, yeah, yeah. like could hold her own against him, then maybe that would have been a show to watch. It, mm-hmm. You'd know, be like, wow, it's James Spader, and you know, I can't think of anybody else right now. But yeah, well, you know, if they wanted somebody young, I can't even think of a television actress that would be. Even near his level, that's young, older, sure, but yeah, younger, mm. yeah, yeah. I guess uh, I mean, they, if they're, but they're, they really, you know, wanted to make sure their objective was to get a younger actress for that role. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it, it would be kind of difficult to find someone, you know, who can who be up to the challenge with with James Spader. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there's that. <laughs> so there's that. <laughs> so, so the bottom line is, the Blacklist was another show that had potential, but just like fizzled out. At least for us, but yeah, fizzled out. But apparently, still going strong. So. Yeah, some of y'all might enjoy it. <laughs> um, our next show is going to be also the last show. I think we're talking about correct. Sleepy Hollow. Yeah, Sleepy Hollow. Speaking Sleepy of Thursdays Hollow. at nine, mm-hmm. it airs opposite the Blacklist, mm-hmm. and that's another show that's had its. It's had its, its ratings difficulties in this third season as it moved to Thursdays. Mm-hmm. And like I said before, like the audience is kind of split now. I mean, there's Scandal. Right. There's Blacklist. Blacklist and there's football. Thursday Night Football. And it's like, where does that leave Sleepy Hollow? Because mm-hmm. Sleepy Hollow is a show that's, you know, you know, as far as like you think about the cast and the diversity that's involved, there's a lot of people that overlap with the scandal audience and because of you know just based off the diversity of the cast so mm-hmm. it's like people are going to watch scandal because scandal is more of a 
Twitter water cooler type show that has to be watched live and then not watch Sleepy Hollow. Right. Or, you know, a lot of people are probably DVR in it, so. Yeah, so, I mean, you want to talk about the, you know, I guess the premise of Sleepy Hollow and. No. You know, you don't watch it. <laughs> Sleepy Hollow. How do you explain? Okay, so Sleepy Hollow is this little town in New York that actually exists. And it's, I'm just saying, it actually exists. Yeah, it does. That's pretty cool. And we went there. And we went there. It was very... Yeah, it's nothing like the Sleepy Hollow on TV, though. It's nothing like the Sleepy Hollow on TV, but it's, um, it takes place in Sleepy Hollow, New York. And, um, it's about Abby Mills, right? Yes. Abigail Mills. Abigail Mills, who was a police officer for Sleepy Hollow. And, um... Weird crimes start taking place, like these really like supernatural type crimes start taking place um, in the town. So, meanwhile, Ichabod Crane, we all know Ichabod Crane, the legend. <laughs> the, 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 the man, the, the myth, man, the, the, myth, the legend. I mean, <laughs> you've heard of the legend of Sleepy Hollow, so Ichabod not, Crane. Not everybody has. Well, uh, and, well, I can't even remember. I didn't like read right. it. Yeah, so. exactly. Like, Ichabod Crane isn't exactly like a, a household name that just rolls off the tongue. You know what I'm saying? People heard of Legend of Sleepy Hollow. But they heard of Legend of Sleepy Hollow, but they don't know Ichabod Crane. You can explain it if you well, want. Well, yeah, I, I can try. I can't remember. I mean, what I know about it is just based on, like, you know, episodes of Scooby-Doo, but <laughs> Ichabod Crane... Okay, my knowledge isn't that bad, then. <laughs> is, uh, he's, he's someone who, um, I think he's the one who, who fought the, the Headless Horseman of uh, right. Sleepy Hollow. Okay, Sleepy yeah, Hollow that, yeah. um, is about a, you know, a, a Headless Horseman that terrorizes the, you know, inhabitants of, of Sleepy Hollow... In I don't know the 18th century I guess mm-hmm. and it's based yeah. on the book by Washington Irving and Ichabod Crane is also the guy who like is he like he falls asleep and then like, wakes up in the future or something like that isn't oh. that Rip Van Winkle, Winkle oh that's Winkle. Rip Van Winkle. Winkle I said Winkle see okay Winkle. <laughs> I know those stories are very similar for some reason I always confuse those two okay well anyway no, that's a different person. okay well, Ichab- <laughs> well Ichabod Crane essentially is like someone who like you know battles the 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 headless, the headless horseman. horseman so and, yeah and the premise of this show is Ichabod crane through some supernatural force is you know transported uh from uh 18th century you know sleepy hollow uh new york in uh in america to you know day. to present day to 2013 and you know he meets up with abigail mills abby who you know basically they they solve the supernatural crimes together i mean it's kind of like a combination of like X Files and Grimm, mm-hmm. where you know it's two partners, it's one skeptic and then one believer, kind mm-hmm. in, 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 in a in a kind of like that that yeah. premise, and they fight uh, all these supernatural ghouls and mm-hmm. demons and things like that week the, to week. Headless horse and headless horse being, being one of them, being like the prominent uh, you know ghoul that they were that trying they were fighting, to, yeah, trying to take out. And their whole big thing you learn is that there's a demon Moloch who is trying to come back and take over the world, like, bring about the apocalypse, right? Right. The the, the four horsemen the, of the apocalypse. And right. there's, you know, the headless horseman being one of them, I guess. Wasn't the headless horseman one yeah, of them? Yeah, he was one of them. Yeah, so yeah. it's like, what are, the, what are the four horsemen of the apocalypse? And then, like, pestilence and oh, you're something. Getting, you're getting deep for me. I don't know. <laughs> you're getting into territory I don't really oh, okay. have well, never really yeah, read about. Well, well, yeah, okay. I'm not trying to read about apocalypses, sorry. <laughs> oh, okay, I just, I, I just figured you'd do research on this, but okay, whatever. No. 
<laughs> Don't care. Uh, <laughs> Just a TV show. <laughs> okay, so you were saying about Moloch. Yeah, so Moloch is the demon that they ultimately are trying to stop um, because the headless horseman is working for Moloch and is trying to, you know, obviously help Moloch's goal of bringing the apocalypse about. So right, and yeah. also involved in that was you know Ichabod's son that he didn't know he had. Jeremy. Jeremy, who... Slash Henry. Who, slash Henry, who turned out to be, you know, somehow transport... I don't know, somehow ended up in 2013 as well as a middle-aged man played by John Noble, who you may remember from Fringe, playing That's Walter, Walter uh, from Fringe. Um, but, you know, he was part of it as well. You know, he was helping Moloch and, you know, casting spells. And then also Ichabod's wife... Uh, from the 18th century, Katrina. Katrina. She gets brought back. Yeah, she gets brought back. She was a witch, and he didn't know it. <laughs> so right. she's brought back into modern day times, and then she, you know, she her loyalties are divided between helping, you know, helping uh, Ichabod fight evil, then helping her son Henry. So mm-hmm. there was a lot going on there, and the show, the first season, I like to call the show. It was pretty much to me like it was like kind of like the blackest show <laughs> on network television mm-hmm. because in the first season there was you know, so you have Abby Abby played mm-hmm. by Nicole Bahari you have her sister Jenny Jenny played by Lindy Greenwood then you have Orlando Jones Orlando Jones played Cap- Captain Irving on the show uh, um, and that was it but they were like the main characters yeah you they know, were running out, the show outside of Ichabod Crane and it was nice to see it's like wow like three people of color are like part of the main cast and they're Mm -hmm. not like side characters Mm -hmm. they're not you know they're actually involved with the plot Mm -hmm. of the show and that was very cool Mm -hmm. and then something happened in the second season yeah towards the end of the first season definitely during the second season where they had to bring in holly holly this like surfer looking blonde i was about to call him surfer dude like he's like the surfer looking blonde dude who is like a treasure hunter he likes to like collect these artifacts and find all these things and basically turn them in for money so jenny was i guess friends with him back in the day jenny her sister on the first season you learned that she was locked up in a mental a mental institution and so she eventually gets out I don't want to go into that whole story, but she eventually gets out. And anyway, so she hooks back up with Holly. So that's how Holly came about um, because she thought that Holly could help them um, with some of the, you know, things that they were finding out. Because this is a very, like, historical-based show. I mean, obviously some of it's, you know, made up. Fiction, some but, of it? Well, all. Yeah, but it's based in like real, right. it's based off of real stuff, but obviously exaggerated. Right, they're like, taking like a real like historical fact right. uh, of a, a particular like character or an event from the past. Right. And then they'll expand it and make up all these, you know, supernatural mm-hmm. aspects of it. Like, yeah, which is really cool and interesting, you like, know, because it is based off of something... Real. real yeah like yeah. you know we you look up stuff after the show and look up like a name of someone or something they talked about and it's like oh yeah like this you know really was a thing back in you know 18 Whenever. yeah 18th century like the one episode i remember the name of it, it was an episode where they talked about that town that disappeared oh right yeah it was like that hidden town and they had to go through that portal right to, get to it they yeah. had to go to the portal and then i oh, looked roanoke up- Rowan? Was it the missing people? Of yeah, something, something like, that. like that. Yeah, so I looked it up, like, you know, Wikipedia, because Wikipedia knows all. Like, <laughs> what Google doesn't know, Wikipedia knows. And I looked that up, and it was like, oh, it was like a real, like, thing with this town. It's like a, a legend of this town that, right. like, just disappeared. And, like, no one knows what happened to them. And 
And some thought was, you know, the people of the town just moved on to another place because, Mm -hmm. you know, of the winter or lack of food or whatever reason. And other ones, maybe like Native Americans, you know, raided them and killed Killed them. them. But there was like no, like, it was like no bodies and things like that. Mm -hmm. So it was was a real thing with this particular town where it disappeared and, you know, in in our history books. Mm -hmm. And they incorporated that into an episode of Sleepy Hollow and Mm -hmm. put their own little supernatural twist, you know, explained what happened to them supernaturally. But I thought it was really interesting something like that really happened. There was a real town that, like, just disappeared back in, like, I think it was supposed to be, like, the late 1600s when this town, you know, disappeared after being established or settled. Yeah, so there were many elements of the show like that that made it very interesting. Um, But, yeah, like we were saying, in the second season, they they brought in Holly. uh, Holly. And um, that caused them to kind of utilize his character a lot more than Jenny. So Jenny right. kind of Jenny was, took a back seat. She was sidelined. She was sidelined, so you didn't really see her in many episodes. You didn't see Orlando Jones' character. And then you stopped seeing Orlando Jones's character. I mean, he's the captain. He's like the captain of the police there. And it's like, shouldn't he be involved? But he somehow disappeared also. Not disappeared, but like, you know, he just wasn't involved in a lot of the, the missions that they were going on anymore. So that was kind of a disappointment. And then, you know, you did see that with the ratings. You saw that, you know, if you did any kind of, you know, uh, I don't want to say research, but if you just looked online at like what people were saying about the show, a lot of people were very disappointed that these two, you know, well, that this one character came in. Also, Katrina started playing more. Um, she kind of had more. She made a more prominent uh, role. Prominent in the role show. in the show, and she was, and that was the worst because she was so boring as an a character, and the actress was blah. You know, she was mad boring. Yeah, she was just very boring. So those two characters kind of, you know, in a sense, took over the second season. Um, you almost, you almost barely saw Abby and Ichabod really you know, teaming up as much as they used to also. Like, that second season, they kind of... I mean, it was like they were present, but there there was a lot of focus taken off of them. All right. It was basically... It seemed like the writers and producers embraced the unblackening. <laughs> like, they just wanted to de-blackify Sleepy Hollow. I mean, I'm going to call it like it is. I mean, yeah. it's pretty much... The show had, you know, relative success this mm-hmm. its first season. It was, you know, a show that had a diverse cast and and in turn got a very diverse audience. Mm-hmm. And the ratings were pretty decent. I mean, yeah. for a Monday night show about a headless horseman. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's pretty much a self-starter in that Monday spot mm-hmm. in the first season, especially with almost human failing. Mm-hmm. So it really had to do it on its own. And then for whatever reason, I get, the writers and producers felt as though they needed to broaden the, the appeal by pretty much adding all these white characters. I mean, let's mm-hmm. be honest. That's what they tried to do. Mm-hmm. And it really, you know, it, it, it really alienated the, the core audience of mm-hmm. the show. Like they, they missed out on what made the show good. People liked right. the, the chemistry and the interaction between Abby and Ichabod. Oh, they yeah, liked, I love that. They liked when Ichabod would, like, complain about some... New some modern thing he's just like learned about, about cell phones and stuff right so, like Starbucks <laughs> or you know things like that and then you know she would like you know tell him and explain it to him and he would just get all fussy about it yeah. like I do not understand why you would do this and, <laughs> right and, and people like that aspect of the show yeah, and they like the the banter between them and the chemistry and. You know, when they started introducing these other characters, you saw less of them together. And right. You saw less of Captain Irving and less of Abby. And people are like, Jenny. hey, and, and Jenny. Yeah. And people are like, what's going on with this show? Like, mm-hmm. what, all the stuff that we liked about the show, they're not doing anymore. Right. Because when you focus on, when they focus on Katrina and Holly bringing them in, it shifted the whole kind of plot of each episode. So, 
um, you really start losing sight of what was going on during the second season. You know, like, I mean, they're still fighting Moloch, but it was kind of like, well, why? But, but what's really going on? I think a lot of it just got lost with them. So maybe so focused bringing in these two characters or making them more prominent. So, yeah, I yeah, it was very disappointing. And, you know, a lot of people, I believe, checked out of the show um, because this third season, the ratings have dropped significantly. Yeah, they, unfortunately. They, they've gone down, but I think that's due to numerous factors. Yeah, they're in this um, new spot, time slot. They're in this new spot. But also, I mean, going back to what you're saying about... You know, introduce these new characters and the plot getting away. That's essentially, you know, also kind of, you know, why my problem with Blacklist and Extent, where like the the plot just became just so convoluted. The mm-hmm. whole mythology of Sleepy Hollow started to become more and more difficult to follow. Yeah, it was very. I mean, it's like each week there was like a new demon and then a new spell and a right. new book that they had to find that explained what was going on. And it was like I'm just confused like what is what is going yeah. on here it was really too much mythology mm-hmm. and something they've tried to do in season three if we've, we've seen like the first two episodes now that essentially they they did a, a reboot kind of like extant and they they wrapped up all the storylines from the first two seasons mm-hmm. with katrina and henry and Moloch, mm-hmm. and then now they're, they're setting up with like a new big bad guy mm-hmm. uh pandora um who's you know well, Pandora's box, and she has this box <laughs> full. Of, she has a box full of evil that she takes, mm-hmm. and uh, she uses to release like various evil uh, demons and ghosts and things on upon Sleepy Hollow. Mm-hmm. And it seems like they're going for hopefully a more straightforward plot. I mean, and and focus things a little bit more narrowly because you know, mm-hmm. Ab, um, uh, what's her name? Abby? No, sister. Oh, Jenny. Jenny. <laughs> Jenny is like, you know, she's back involved in the forefront, and they added a new character, a new black character played by Lance Gross, mm-hmm. who is Abby's, uh, she's her new boss at the FBI, because now Abby's part of the FBI, but they were both in the academy together at the same time. Yeah, and then somehow he's the chief Somehow of this. he's the regional chief. But he did chief. kind of try to explain it. He did say, well, I took the opportunity because it's a small force or small like a, right so no i mean I, I, but my point is how did he become the regional chief of, of of any regional office after like he was just in the, academy, just in the academy a year, right. a, a year I, ago you yeah. know like i understand it's a small office but shouldn't you have some experience first before you even <laughs> take over like a small office and yeah you only been out the academy a year but that's neither here nor there the point is i think they're trying to get back to their roots mm-hmm. where it's you know, the Ichabod and Abby show, and then they right. bring on people of color and give them more prominent role. Right. And I'm, right. and hopefully that's, you know, that works. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, like you said, the ratings are down this year, but I think it's due to the time slot where it's it really wasn't a good idea to put that time slot. Because like I said earlier in the podcast, they split that audience with, uh, split the audience with Scandal. Right. And but the encouraging note is the the DVR ratings are pretty decent, so oh, people good. are actually watching on DVR. Mm-hmm. So they're still interested in Sleepy Hollow. They're just not interested enough to watch it live. live. <laughs> so wants to get on Twitter and watch Scandal, right? Because so, they yeah. you know they want to see what other bull crap is going on on Scandal. <laughs> so essentially, people are still watching it eventually. Yeah. Uh, so hopefully, you know it. 
the ratings will stabilize and you know it could keep going and you know mm-hmm. doesn't get canceled. I know a lot of people have said that they watch Scandal because they don't want to get spoiled by it the next day. Like you know they get spoiled by it and it's just like they just they just suck it up and watch it. But I feel like a lot of people don't really want to watch it live. They want to watch it because a lot of people don't like to watch commercials. My friend, she will stay off of social media because she cannot stand the commercials. So she will just stay off and watch Scandal on DVR. But a lot of people, you know, they're just so addicted. They have to be on Twitter and stuff so they get spoiled because people, I mean, I don't, it's so funny. I don't even watch Scandal anymore and I know what's going on because people like really like talk about everything that's going on. So, yeah. So I think that's what it is. A lot of people just don't want to be spoiled by it too. People want to talk on, you know, talk about it, but people also like don't want to be spoiled by it if they they miss it or tr- or choose to watch something else. Right. That's know, what I'm, so. I'm like that for some shows. I don't, yeah. I'm like that for like The Walking Dead. I mean, I, I've been known because when, you know, there was a period when we didn't have cable, so I had to watch like Walking Dead later on, mm-hmm. like, you know, online. Uh, I, I'm some somewhat like that. Like, I like to watch certain shows live and be part yeah. of like the communal be, viewing yeah. experience. Good for that, yeah. um, but it's not like a requirement for me. I mean, if, if I miss The Walking Dead and I have to watch it like the next day or a few days later, I'm cool with that. Mm-hmm. You know, I have no problem doing that. Yeah. I mean, if you do, you stay off social media so you don't get spoiled. Yeah, and that's what people need you to do. You just gotta watch it immediately the next day because the longer you wait, it's like the worst. Yeah, I mean, can we talk about people who get mad at like you know, saying, like, someone spoiled a show on Twitter or Facebook, like, well, that's on you if you're not watching. Like, don't get mad at, at you know, all the million of people, <laughs> millions of people who are watching, like, The Walking Dead or Scandal, and you're not watching it, but you're on, like, social media. Like, don't do that. Like, <laughs> yeah, well, you, you can't you, do it. You expect, the, they say stuff like, I haven't watched... I can't be home to watch Scandal. I'm DVRing it. Please don't talk about it. So you expect the, like the the like other two hundreds of right. people you have followers exactly. and the two hundred fifty people on your page on your friends list. You want your two hundred fifty friends to not talk about Scandal just because you aren't <laughs> able to watch it. And people do that kind of stuff all the time. I'm like, no, that's on you. Like if you don't want to be spoiled by something, then don't go on social media mm-hmm. during when, when that show is on. That's how I was. On The Walking Dead a few years ago, when I couldn't watch The Walking Dead live, I wasn't on social media then. Mm-hmm. I will wait until I could watch The Walking Dead, and then I would get back on social media. Like, I can do other things. Like, your job doesn't require you to be on social media. Unless you're, like, a brand expert who is, like, <laughs> tweeting out, like, funny things on behalf of Taco Bell. Like, <laughs> unless you're doing that, like, there's you don't really need to be on social media. And there's no requirement that you be there during the show. So, get off. Read a book. Watch something else on television. Play with your kids. Go home. Be a family man. Do anything but be on social media and complaining about other people spoiling your show. I know. People just have to accept that's just the way it is now. So That's the world we, we live what in. What can you do? It's like, just stay off of it. Like, don't be so addicted. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, so those are our shows that yeah. um, missed the mark for us and... You know, had so much potential. I know. People probably listened to this thinking, like, huh, they just sit up there and just complained about, like, three shows for, like, 50 minutes. But, yeah. I mean, we did complain about three shows. We had more, actually. We cut down our list. Yeah, we cut down our list. (laughs) And we didn't talk about, you know, Gotham or Mm, uh, American Horror Story. Story. Well, more so for you than We didn't talk about The Strain. The Strain. Oh, my gosh. All these shows are just, like, had potential and, like, were just end up being terrible. And I guess because there's so many shows like that, I I really think we're in an age of the television age where there are a lot of good quality shows out there. Mm -hmm. It's been called 
the golden age or silver age of television yeah, or like peak yeah. TV, peak you know peak quality of television. Mm-hmm. But also, I, also I feel, also I feel, I feel today there is a lot of television where it's really just good for a premise. Like it, it's mm-hmm. a good premise yeah. for. Good a, idea. For mm-hmm. a two-episode movie or six-episode, <laughs> you know, miniseries, there's not enough material mm-hmm. to sustain a five-season television show, and that's the problem. I mm-hmm. mean, you have people; these shows that just start spinning their wheels, and there's so many shows like that. Mm-hmm. I, I can see, I can see it developing with a show like Quantico. I mean, mm-hmm. Quantico is a show where I see that you know what, this isn't something that could go on for 22 episodes a season. I mean, the, the whole you know. Alex Parrish is like a terrorist and then, you know, one of her FBI colleagues may have been involved and there's no way you can make that, uh, you know, over and over and over again, you know, and and to me, that's just a problem with just television today. Like, these shows are created and and greenlit based on a cool concept without any thought given to, okay, well, how are we going to make this work for five seasons? Right. (laughs) You know? Right. So that's why there's so many shows that like, ooh, that sounds great, starts off well, and then just starts to sputter uh, in the end. Right. People don't flesh out their idea and think beyond like the first, I don't know, few episodes. So yeah, you get a lot of that. But um, yeah, Quantico might be <laughs> on, if we do this again, Quantico might be on that list. No, um, well, no, because that show never had, it never had potential in my book. Well, it's still it's still going. I mean, it's only been three episodes. <laughs> but to me, I'm saying because it's like written it off because I was never that interested in it. Like the concept of basically Grey's Anatomy meets Homeland is just so absurd, you know, uh, patently absurd that <laughs> I have no interest in that. I mean, it's really like every episode is like someone sleeping with each other. There's all these double. Actually, it was just the first episode. There's double twists in life. Yes. There's, you know, everyone has a secret. I mean, yeah. every single person has yeah, a secret and you I can't like. trust I mean, anyone. Briefly, like, we were just saying, yeah, we were just kind of, like, talking about how they have, everybody has a secret and it's kind of like um, overkill. Like, yeah, not everybody has to have a, a secret with the show, but for some reason they decide everybody has a secret. It's to throw you off. It's to try to figure, you know, try to get you to figure out who it is, but I've already figured out the show, so... I'm not excited about it anymore. <laughs> it's getting pretty obvious now. I mean, it's only been three episodes, but I don't know. I, I think I have a pretty good idea of like what's going on. Um, but anyway, but yeah, I, I yeah, it doesn't. I don't see what's going to happen in the second season. Right. Yeah. You know, but the, that's and that's what the thing. And, that. But this is even then. This is a 22 episode show. This isn't more than like 13 so episodes. They gave this 22 episodes. Wow, this is going to be a long season. Exactly. <laughs> as far as I know, it's 22 episodes. Like, I, okay. I, there's nothing. I've read nothing that indicates that it's like a, like you know, 13. right or a how to get away with murder situation. It was only 15 episodes. That's surprising. Wow. Okay. Exactly. So what are you going to do for like 22 episodes? Like, how are you yeah. going to fill this time? And wow. then come back next season. Like, there's going to be another terrorist plot. Like, instead of like yeah. Grand Central Terminal blowing up next time is going to be like you know the capitol building in the in in dc or something like that yeah yeah i don't know wow i don't know Ooh, this is gonna be a very long season and i'm already kind of like over it i'm not over it i mean but i'm just kind of i'm figuring it out as it goes along so i'm not like excited right (laughs) that's the only thing but anyway anyway that's neither here nor there so those are our, our choices of shows that had a lot of Potential, mm-hmm. and and then eventually just squandered that potential. Went, 
Yeah, exactly. But we'd be interested in hearing what you guys think. Are there any shows that you guys thought were good shows that started off well and then just like just ruined whatever goodwill they had? <laughs> yeah, right. be sure to let us know. You can hit us up on uh, our Twitter account. Mm-hmm, Twitter. Twitter, uh, Just the Two of Us Podcast is... You know, J-T-T. Here we go again. O-U podcast. <laughs> or you can hit us up. Hit me up at Nipsey, N-I-P-S-E-Y on Twitter. Or Treyrific, T-R-A-Y-R-I-F-I-C. Bam! Bam. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, as, as usual, let us know if you have any questions, comments, concerns about the podcast, any tips, suggestions. We would like to hear some feedback from you guys. We appreciate it. Thanks for mm-hmm. thanks for listening. Um, we had fun doing this, and I hope you had fun in listening to us uh, ramble about <laughs> about shows that we don't like. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> All right. Have a good night, guys. Good night.